Dominus Vobiscum. Lectio Sancti Evangelii secundum Marcum. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easy, easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, there is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands and persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. Verbum Domini. Take a moment, please, and make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apagan los teléfonos celulares, por favor. You heard me mention it before. If someone arrived now or later in the Holy Mass, they'd even to the final blessing they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. Well, why is that? Well, the Gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. It can't be skipped. But after this Mass, uh, we have another Mass at 8 o'clock. You can turn to page 4. There's a list of Sunday Masses there. Um, you see that today it says, uh, today is October the 11th. Feast of St. John the 23rd. He's the one who started the Second Vatican Council the year I was born, 1959. He became Pope. 
so uh, remember it was Pope John the 23rd. Then after him came Pope Paul the 6th. And then after that we had John Paul the 1st and John Paul the... Oh, John Paul. Yeah, they were showing how they were um, continuing the work of these popes. So last year, uh, just after Easter, Pope Francis canonized John the 23rd and John Paul II. Um, October 22nd is the feast of St. John Paul II. This is only the second time these saints have had their feast day celebrated. Um, it's amazing how many teenagers I say, I ask the question, uh, you ever heard of uh, St. John Paul II? So parents, it's true what they say about assuming. Yeah, uh, we got to talk about these people. And usually I'll say, yeah, he was Pope the year you were born. Okay, so uh, Tuesday, October 13th, there on page 5, it's the 98th anniversary of the Fatima miracle, the miracle of the sun in 1917, over 70,000, over 70,000 people witnessed this miracle. Um, there were Catholics and non-Catholics, there were pagans, there were anti-Catholics, um, the, um, I guess that kind of gets, you can kind of lump the uh, people who are writing for the newspapers into that category too, one of those categories. Um, but they all saw the same miracle. Um, it was so obvious even they couldn't, they couldn't spin the miracle of the sun. Oh, it's a Fatima joke. <laughs> anyway, the sun was spinning around. Anyway, the, um, so this is... Um, this will help you to understand why page 11, 12, and 13, every night for the last two, two and a quarter years, we've had that uh, Bible study outside, rosary procession. The, um, anyway, look down on Thursday. It's the feast, Thursday is the Feast of St. Teresa of Avila. I don't have a statue of St. Teresa of Avila, but back in 2002, I brought that statue of Our Lady Mount Carmel and the baby Jesus back from Spain, just above Our Lady of Mount Carmel there in the midst of the Azaleas. She was the one, um, um, uh, St. Teresa of Avila started the reform of the Carmelites. Um, so uh, 500 years ago, she was born in um, 1515. The um, Friday is the feast of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus appeared to her in the 1670s, uh, revealing to her and through her uh, to us his Sacred Heart. And St. Hedwig is no slouch, uh, a great mystic. Uh, Saturday, October 17th, is the Feast of St. Ignatius of Loyola, just after the death of the Apostles. Here's a man um, in the early church who laid down his life as a martyr, which is a Greek word. It means witness to Christ. Look on page seven. The, um, this has to do with the uh, bulletin cover. Um, you think uh, this is something from Halloween, but it's not. Uh, just six days ago, on October 5th, the Feast of St. Faustina, the one through whom we have the devotion to the divine mercy of Jesus. So on uh, Monday, October 5th, uh, uh, beginning around 10.30 at night, uh, this was going on in Oklahoma City. Now, 
it should be obvious there's no love lost between Texas and OU. Um, the, um, the, uh, and there's a football game this weekend. There was a football game this weekend, right? And um, we know who, we know all about that. Um, the, uh, but you know, uh, you have to feel sorry um, for the good people of Oklahoma, both of them. The, um, anyway, the, um, no, really, the uh, uh, Oklahoma is not New Jersey. Oklahoma is not Connecticut. Oklahoma is the next state over. And if this is going on in Oklahoma, well, you can read that they're not going to, we're just going to get rid of this. It'll be easier for them to mow that area. Did you notice on the cover of the bulletin, the, the workers, there's a, there's a chain link fence around them. Did they bring their, did they bring their, their dog? They, wanted, they didn't want him to get out while they were working? No, the, the chain link fence is there to keep people out. Yeah, you don't want people being contaminated with the, um, those pesky Ten Commandments. You know, you really can't make this stuff up. For months I've been telling you that was, this was about to happen. And they did it beginning at 10.30 at night, probably because they didn't want uh, the protests. To, uh, so what are they going to put in place of it? Well, it's going to be something a little bit larger than the Ten Commandments. It's going to be a, um, a statue of Satan carved in stone with two small children facing Satan and smiling. What is this, Hollywood? No, it's Oklahoma City. And uh, if that can happen in Oklahoma City, coming to a courthouse near you, if they can do that at the state capitol, wow. Um, page 8, the um, Women's Guild, the next meeting, it's going to be... Uh, Give the program is going to be offered by uh, the direct outreach director of Women in Need in Rockwall. Uh, this is um, a month dedicated to raising awareness about domestic violence. If you're a woman from the parish, but you're not a member of the Women's Guild, you can certainly come. You're most welcome. You don't have to be a member of the Women's Guild. Um, here's another prayer. I've been giving you one prayer a week. Um, you know, uh, the parents... Grandparents, you need to make sure your kids know their prayers. These are basic prayers. Um, well, Johnny, do you um, do you know uh, do you know the prayer right before you eat? Oh, sure, sure. Mommy and Daddy taught it to me. Okay, well, let's pray it in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now I lay me down to sleep. No, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. Also, um, get your kids to pray with you the prayer. Oh, sure. Bless us, O Lord. No, what was that? Amen. Um, good guess. Um, the um, you still get a trophy for that. But um, no, make them make them say the words. Some kids have learned a prayer, say in pre-K, um, a grace before meals. And I hear I've heard adults over the years say prayers like that. You know, after you get out of pre-K. Why don't we go to the big kids' prayer, right? You shouldn't have a 22-year-old or a 40-year-old uh, saying the prayer they learned back in pre-K. Anyway, you get the idea. Look at page 11, 12, and 13. You, you don't see these very often. You, you can always read them on the website, but here's a hard copy. Um, page 14. If you go to your doctor... 
and your doctor says, well, you need an operation. If you say to your doctor, uh, I'd like to get a second opinion, if he goes, if he goes berserk on you and says, what? You want a second opinion? How insulting. Run away from that doctor. If getting a second opinion is going to somehow be a personal insult, get away from him, right? I think that uh, um, anytime you have a, uh, an operation, I would say the same thing even goes for procedures. Um, I've never been in the hospital. Um, yeah, I drive by them, I visit them, but I've never been in the hospital. Um, well, there was that one time where I cut myself on Sunday morning uh, making an omelet. Um, I got a couple of stitches, but that really doesn't count. The, um, but if you're going in for a procedure, if you're going in for a procedure, an operation, you really ought to get opposing counsel, uh, opposing an opposing opinion. Well, I don't think you need that. I think if you just uh, do this and this and this, that should be enough. You may go on to a third opinion. I mean, don't get carried away. But uh, if you're having a heart attack, you don't really have time for a uh, second opinion, uh, right? So, uh, but in most cases, you can get a second opinion. Friends, I've been a priest 26 years. If I could go back, if I could enter the time tunnel and go back 26 years, uh, I, would, I would approach this whole thing um, uh, differently. Over the last 26 years, I've talked about abortion, uh, this way. Well, he teaches, he says this about abortion. A again, I would also always mention that in 26 years, I've, there, there hardly ever been a case where I didn't meet a woman who didn't have a gun pointed to her head by some man or some woman or some people uh, forcing her. What, what, what is that? Well, all of a sudden, we get to point a gun at the head of women. And I don't mean a gun. Sometimes there has been a gun, an actual gun. But the threats from men and women, and we allow that kind of thing? Oh, this is America. So uh, I say that uh, instead of, people don't want to know what he thinks. People don't, know, people don't want to know what he teaches. They don't want to study all of this. Okay, then why not get a second opinion? About what? Well, about abortion. Well, that's an operation. Well, no, it's not. It's a procedure. Okay, then about a procedure. Friends, Try it. Try, the, try this approach. It, it doesn't even mention morality. And then all of a sudden, they start to learn. I say the same thing about uh, medication. Some doctors, some nurse practitioners, they give out medicine like M&Ms. Trick or treat. Oh, here you go. Right? Not all, but some do. Um, uh, I remember once... Uh, Back in the 90s, a doctor, my doctor said, well, your cholesterol is fine, but I'm going to give you a prescription for Lipitor. A couple of weeks went by, and I was in the middle of a sentence. What was I saying? I'm like, what's going on? This never happens. I don't take any medicine. Oh, wait a minute. I am taking Lipitor. I stopped taking Lipitor, and it went away. Yep. Last year, my doctor said the same. My new doctor said the same thing. said, uh-uh. He said, well, you don't have to take Libertor. I'll give you another stat. And I said, take it yourself. As my dad and mom used to say to me and my brother and sisters, hey, hey, don't put that in your mouth. <laughs> Parents are always saying that, right? The next time you go to put, take something, take some kind of medicine, whether it's over-the-counter or prescribed, why don't you just type in the name of the compound or the medicine and put in side effects. Ah, and now 
Why is all this coming up? Well, if you take the Democrats and the Republicans and you combine them, we have about 20 people who are running for president. We're going to have to get a bus. The, uh, and I've heard men and women being challenged on abortion and the pill. Well, you're against abortion. What about the pill? No, I'm for contraceptives. Type in your pill and then type in side effects. Then all of a sudden, uh, don't even take into consideration what he's saying. All of a sudden, well, nobody told me about that. Well, we're just taking it for this or we're just taking it for that. I'm just saying I would go back 26 years and change the approach. I really would. People aren't ready for what he's teaching. Let's be honest. In some ways, in some ways, this came to every state capital in 1973 or sooner. So, um, and on the back page, it says um, last Friday, Friday morning, October the 11th. That's ridiculous. Today's October the 11th. It was October the 9th. Obviously, that wasn't my mistake. It was Hewlett Packard. Um, a lot of people have been talking about um, um, guns and gun control and all that. Friends, these are the three options. If you don't defend yourself, A, somebody else might defend you. B, somebody else will defend you. Somebody else won't defend you. Don't you just love America? Um, yeah, these are the three options. Um, you know, one of those, one of those um, um, looks great, um, but how do you know how long it's going to take them before they get there? So um, on Friday morning, I was listening to the radio as I was getting ready, and I heard this professor of economics. He's professor number one. And he was uh, talking about uh, how there's a Second Amendment and how um, guns can help save lives. And what do you know? It was just on a different station. This was w The second one was WBAP at, at just after noon. Another economist comes on the radio, and he's making the news at University of Texas at Austin um, because he said he's afraid that somebody's going to come in to his classroom with a gun and shoot him. So you can compare. Both of them are male. Both of them are professors at universities. Both teach economics. And both have strong ideas about self-defense and guns. And they're entirely opposite. Absolutely opposite. And when did economics professors start talking about guns? Uh, when I was in college, they talked about um, economics. The, uh, but anyway, the... Uh, this guy, the second guy, he's a real piece of work. Um, uh, he said, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm afraid that somebody's going to kill me. So I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit my job at the university next year. <laughs> I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to quit next year or maybe two years from now. Well, let me see what my uh, retirement package looks like. Does, do people take him seriously? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit five years from now. What if you're What if you're dead? All right, right. I mean, what if What if you had a heart attack or something? Anyway, friends, look at this. Look at this. Look at these opposing. It's It's a perfect storm. It's apples to apples. Um, and uh, and then maybe it might sway you one way or the other. The um, well, as you can tell, I don't have an opinion on this.
What do you say? I don't know. I never know what he's talking about. Okay. <laughs> From the second reading. Look at the, the second reading today. We're going to go to the last line. I'm going to go back to it again and again. It's the last line of the second reading. And it's, a, it's St. Paul talking about God. No creature is concealed from God, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of God, God to whom we must one day render an account. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the first reading today is from the Book of Wisdom. Um, Sophia in Greek is wisdom. When I was in, at, in college, the... Uh, I had to take a philosophy course or philosophy courses, um, and um, the priest he was a, he was a he was a great priest. He's now dead, but he came in one day. We were on the third floor uh, of the building. He came in and he started class just before we all went to sleep. Um, but anyway, he um, he came into class and he said these were the opening words of class. I'm not kidding. Uh, he said them with a very heavy Hungarian accent. But I'll, I'll spare you the, the Hungarian accent. He said, I, I'm thinking of a word. That was the clue. Um, I'm thinking of a word. I'm glad we had windows like this on the third floor because we would have just jumped out. I'm going to fail this class. Right? I'm thinking of a word. I thought, I'm, I'm going to die. Philosophy is the love of wisdom. Um, and um, in, the, um, in the Old Testament, God reveals to us that beautiful um, wisdom that is talked about in that first reading. We see a glimpse uh, of this in the second reading. Indeed, the word of God is living and effective. I am thinking of a word. Um, in this case, this is the word of God. Jesus is the revealed, the fully revealed wisdom of God. God didn't leave something out. Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword. And he goes on to talk about how he can get into every part of me and you. Then we go on to the gospel today. And Jesus shows how the word of God has not deleted, has not um, erased the Old Testament. How many times have you heard fellow Catholics or non-Catholic non Christians say something like this? Oh, um, we don't really read the Old Testament. We're, uh, we're New Testament Christians. Well, the, this man, this young man, runs up to Jesus throws himself down on the ground, and he asks Jesus a question. What must I do to get to heaven? Um, Jesus turns around and asks him a question. Why do you call me good? Only God is good. Is Jesus denying that he is God? Absolutely not. He's saying, if you call me good, and you're living the, the commandments, he goes on to mention the commandments, uh, only God is good. Um, and so Jesus is claiming, yes, if you call me good, it's because you're calling me God. And yes, I will answer your question. And Jesus says to him, um, you know the commandments. 
you shall not kill, and he goes on and on. Friends, when Jesus goes down the commandments, he's showing, he's giving two thumbs up that what God revealed to Moses in the Ten Commandments, remember? Uh, what God revealed to Moses in the Ten Commandments still applies. It, it was, in a sense, a, a foundation. And Jesus builds um, and perfects that foundation. Uh, because the, the man says, oh, I've, I've been doing that since I was young. And then Jesus, um, again, when you come across, any time you come across words in the readings that are troubling to you, or they're confusing, or they don't seem to make sense, uh, go home later on, get out the Bible you got when you were married, and read that translation. Because look what here, look at, look at the translation here. It says, um, I've been observing all of these from my youth. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, what? Jesus loved him? Yeah, Jesus smiled at him. He, he looked at him approvingly. Loved him? It doesn't make sense. We just skip over it. And Jesus said, you are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And the, the young man went away sad because he had many possessions. He, he ran up to Jesus. Jesus was not pushing the basket around Walmart, and he turned the corner and, right? He ran up to Jesus. He threw himself on his knees, and he begged Jesus with this question. And he didn't want the answer. Um, it sounds very familiar. It sounds very familiar. You know, uh, this man is being shown the fullness of God's revelation. And he says, well, do you have something else? Oh, okay, is, is that your final answer? The, um, uh, he asked Jesus the way to get to heaven, and Jesus says, here is the way to get to heaven, the way to inherit eternal life. And he turns around and he walks away from Jesus. I guess he's going to start digging his way to heaven. You know, if you dig far enough, you're going to uh, uh, eventually get to heaven. Oh, no, that's not true. Jesus tells him how to get to heaven. And he wants to hear something else. You know, what they did in Oklahoma City with those, um, with those saws, those uh, cement saws, it's very different from the approach I've used over the last 56 years. I, I usually just take the saw, and I, I won't make a saw noise. Um, I don't want to wake anybody up. But anyway, um, instead I'll just use this as an example of cutting up the commandments. I, I've been, over the last 56 years, I've taken the approach of uh, just uh, taking them out one at a time. Um, you mean um, answering mom or dad the first time they, they call me? Well, no, I don't, that one's bothersome right now. How about this one? Uh, taking uh, God's name in vain? Well, I was mad. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I was mad. That's like committing adultery. Well, I was very interested. Oh, okay. That's all right. Listen, you can take God's name in vain when you're mad, and when you're very interested in someone, you can commit adultery. That doesn't make sense. Well, I'm sorry. It doesn't make sense to him, right? The, um, 
what Jesus is doing, Jesus is the, the word of God who should be on my mind every day. Like the, the philosophy teacher, um, love of wisdom, philosophy. The philosophy teacher said, I'm thinking of a word. If you saw how that man lived, he was always thinking of this word. The most gentle individual um, you could ever imagine. What a great priest. What a great priest. Um, the, um, and he's probably laughing in heaven right now. The, um, but friends, think about it. Um, I, I brought this along. Um, this is not the catechism. And it's not the phone book either. The kids are saying, what's a phone book? Um, it's obviously not the phone book for Greenville. It would be much more reduced. This is the, um, this is the biography of St. John Paul II by George Weigel, Witness to Hope. When, uh, when he was a young priest, he would be preparing men and women for marriage. And Weigel points out, from having talked to John Paul II, um, he would, he would speak to the couples, and he would talk about uh, an, an issue, and he would talk in circles. Um, the, uh, and then he would, he would amplify. He would make the circle larger. He would look at an issue from every, every possible aspect. And then after doing that, he would say to the couple, but you, you must decide. Friends, um, these commandments, these commandments are very burdensome. But, but they're just a start. Um, how many times have people said, well, just tell me what he teaches. Well, here's the synthesis. Well, I don't agree with that. Well, well look it up in the catechism. Look, I don't have time for that. Um, there's, there's not a desire. There's not a love for wisdom um, in and among Christians. And we have to notice it because it's in our own lives as well. It afflicts us. Um, we have to really work against it. Um, the, um, uh, the, the, desire, uh, the desire is not there. Father Benedict Rochelle, who passed away just um, uh, recently, he used to talk about um, um, the, 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 those who follow Buddha, the Buddhists, you know, like the Dalai Lama, and those who follow Christ. Buddha, uh, and there are many Buddhists in the world, Buddha says um, in his writings, follow my doctrine. Follow my doctrine. And Jesus says, follow me. Because his doctrine and his person are one and the same. He is the word as that second reading points out. To, um, to be a follower of Christ is to... Let me see. To be a follower of Christ is to follow him. Now, this man in today's gospel is a follower of Christ who's walking the other way. That means he's not following, but he's a follower. Are, are you following me? The, <laughs> I hate coming here. You have to pay attention. The... Um, um, think about it. He's a follower of Christ. He, sought, he, was, he targeted Christ. He ran up to him and he threw himself down and he, he begged him to show him the way to heaven. And then he said, oh, delete, delete, delete. 
again, he reminds me of so many times in my life where I've just decided to, um, just to, well, that, that's an inconvenient commandment. It's getting in the way of some of my uh, fun or desire or whatever. And I bet it's the same with you. Now think about it. You parents, um, you parents and grandparents, you really have it tough. Um, whenever we have a funeral here or a wedding, um, I usually make the announcement, you know, please turn off your cell phones. And usually there are people here who are not Catholic for, you know, for a funeral or a wedding. And they're usually troubled by the number of statues. So I say, well, you, maybe you've noticed the statues. <laughs> well, duh. So the way you look at those pictures on your cell phone of your kids and grandkids, that's how we look at the, the statues. Oh, they're like, oh, okay, I get it. But you know, I always add something. There is a, there is a difference, though. Some of you parents, some of you grandparents, you worship your children and grandchildren. There's a commandment against that. <laughs> I am the Lord your God. Yeah. And I know why parents and grandparents um, have the tendency to worship their children. But children are beautiful. Plus, you know, after a year or two, what do you got, about two million invested? Yeah, yeah, we've got to watch your investment. Yeah, I'm kidding, haha. No, I'm not. It's a lot you invest. You invest yourself, you invest your money, and what? Oh, there goes another one. Oh, just, oh, oh. No, you're like, you do everything you can to watch over them. You are so into them. It's so easy to move from being so concerned to adoration. You, you can just imagine how my mother struggles. All right, I know, I know. Anyway, and then she wakes up. The, uh, she doesn't struggle. The uh, Friends, think about these things because that last line in the second reading is the curtain call for me and you and your children and your grandchildren. Nobody, no creature is concealed from God, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of God to whom we must all, one day, render an account. And I, I hope that you uh, understand this, but when you, when you realize that something like this, something like this is just met, met with, you know, ho-hum or a yawn. You know, the, the kids and the grandkids today are not growing up in a society based on um, revealed wisdom. Um, from the Ten Commandments. People are just making stuff up. Well, I think this, or I feel that. Yeah, and then, so our, our, our society is weaker, and that means your kids are going to be surrounded by weaker um, individuals in society and culture and country. It doesn't make you smile. It makes you concerned and worried. It It should. It should make us all worried and concerned. Um, so you have to try and um, impart to your children how important it is to, to live the commandments. Yeah, your children? Yeah, I know the commandments. Okay, now let's try it without the phone. Yeah, ten commandments. Inter okay, yeah, here they are. It's like, okay, can, can, you, can you recite the ten commandments? Oh, yes, yes, I can. Okay, now let's turn the phone off and see if you can recite them. Ha, 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 ha. Just kidding. Just, just kidding, right? The, um, so we have a lot of work to do. 
the commandments, the commandments have not been um, invalidated by the New Testament. Jesus takes them and builds on them, amplifies them, and he says um, that they are the way to to God. They are the way to eternal life, and that we are to go um, um, through Him uh, to heaven. Follow me, um, living the commandments. So, uh, how many times has somebody said, "Well, you know." Uh, this is not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. Yeah. Um, is it, um, thermodynamics is not found in the Bible. That's correct. Um, the, um, the, the, it's such a tedious thing that's brought up. Right? It's not found in the Bible. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. It's the umbrella statement. Um, does Jesus lust after me? Does he lust after you or anyone else? Absolutely not. So is anyone on earth allowed to lust after anyone else? No. Again, that's part of follow me. Buddha says follow my doctrine. Jesus says follow me, which encompasses his doctrine and the person of Jesus because they're one and the same. Um, No creature is concealed from God, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of God, to whom we must all one day render an account. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit.